For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more. But each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first. And the first will be last. We all know this parable from Matthew chapter 20. It's a familiar one to us of uh, these laborers who get hired at different times of the day and the landowner who ends up paying all of them the same wage. And we understand that this parable is telling us something really important about God. That God is compassionate, that God is merciful, that God is just, that God's ways are not exactly like our ways. But if we stop at what this parable has to say about God, we're going to miss a lot of what Jesus is trying to teach us here. Because this is a parable that is trying to tell us something about how we should live. It is a parable that, like so many of them that Jesus tells, begins with the words, the kingdom of heaven is like this. Now this phrase, the kingdom of heaven, shows up 30 times 
in the Gospel of Matthew. And if it's there 30 times, you can be pretty sure that it is a, an important idea, an important teaching. It's something that we need to figure out. And the kingdom of heaven, of course, is being contrasted with the kingdom of earth, the kingdoms of the world, with those things that are created and run by human beings in all their imperfections, versus the kingdom of heaven, where God's will is done and God reigns. And this idea of the kingdom of heaven, of course, we're told that it is at hand, that it has come near, because what it's trying to say is that the reign of God is here on earth now, beginning with Jesus. It's not something that we're going to inhabit once we die, but rather it's something we should begin to live in here and now. We should be rehearsing. We should be practicing for life in the fullness of heaven. Now, of course, it doesn't mean that we can ever be fully free uh, from the ways of the world. That would be impossible. But again and again, Jesus is saying, what will you put first? Will you try to live according to the standards of the kingdom of heaven, or are you going to be drawn again and again into the ways of the world? And so this parable places before us, as every parable does, a glimpse of how we ought to live. Every parable can only tell us a little slice of the way we should live because there's so much to learn, which is one reason we have to read and study these scriptures and the words of Jesus over and over again. And in this particular parable, I think there are at least two things that Jesus is trying to make clear to us about the kingdom of heaven, about living our lives in God. And the first has to do with the idea of fairness. Now, all of us, when we read this parable, because we live in the world with a certain kind of economic system, we understand when this first guy hired, or the first guys who are hired, and work a 12-hour day, see, the guy who only worked an hour get the very same way. You and I have this sense of, well, that's not fair. If you work 12 hours, you should be paid for 12 hours. If you work one hour, you should be paid for one hour. This does not seem to be fair. But Jesus is trying to show us that fairness is also about considering the other person and thinking about God. Stop for a minute and imagine that you are the man who gets hired at 5 o'clock. But you were there at 6 a.m. You were standing there with all the other workers. You didn't get picked. You didn't get picked at 9. You didn't get picked at 12. You didn't get picked at 3 p.m. Wouldn't you be saying, this isn't fair? I'm here 
I'm ready to work. I need to feed my family. Why do I not get to work? And so, the one that only worked an hour, if we think about it, he's spending the day worrying. He's spending the day waiting. He's spending the day trying to discern how in the world he's going to feed his family. And he's probably thinking, I'm going to have to go home and say, children, I've got nothing for you tonight. I feel terrible. But of course, in the kingdom of God, there's enough for everybody. And so sometimes when we're thinking about what is fair, we're thinking about ourselves. We're comparing ourselves to what someone else has and what someone else gets, but the landowner is really clear in this parable. I was fair to you. I offered you this amount for a day's work. You agreed to it. I paid that to you. You have enough to feed your family. You didn't spend the day worrying about how you were going to do that. You had good labor for this day. What is unfair, says the landowner, says God, about what I have done? And in the kingdom of God, there's enough for everybody. There's enough good work. There's enough food. There's enough shelter. There's enough clothing. Fairness is about this quality of the fullness of life that God has offered to everyone. And God says to us, Jesus says to us, you need to think about the other person and what is fair and what is unfair. And if it does harm, it's unfair. The worker who got paid for 12 hours, it was fair. He, no harm was done to him except for maybe his ego and his pride. But for the other worker, there was potentially great harm that would have been done if he didn't get to work even though he was trying to get a day's work. And there are so many situations in our world that we have to ask about the fairness. Is it doing harm? Well, that's where we probably do need to speak up on behalf of the kingdom of God. I mean, suppose it was that this uh, worker who was hired at five was an older fellow, and the, and the vineyard owner shows up and says, I want the young guys, because they're stronger. But maybe they're lazy. And the older guy's a good worker. That's, we would call that age discrimination. He deserves to be able to work too. Or what if, what if the, the guy who was hired at five was a Sumerian and they only wanted people of their own kind? Well, God believes that everyone should have life in that abundantly. And if he wants to work and feed his family, he should have had a right to do that too. But again, harm was done because there's this kind of distinguishing that we human beings do, and we, again, we place ourselves at the center rather than being compassionate and thinking about what it is for others to need and to deserve what God has offered us in this world. 
There are a lot of things in life that aren't fair. It's not fair that uh, some people get COVID and have mild symptoms and some people get really, really sick. It's not fair. It's not fair that uh, a CEO of a business runs it into the ground and all the workers are laid off. There are a lot of things that aren't fair, but in the kingdom of God, if we're rehearsing, we're always looking to be those who do not do harm, who do not compare ourselves to what someone else has as if we deserve more. Because when we do that, it's going to rob us of our joy and our gratitude for what we do have. Again, not saying if it's unfair, unjust, we do need to speak out. We do need to make God's way known. And this leads me uh, into sort of a second point. And that is that this parable is probably telling us that we, when we're living in the kingdom of the world, we spend too much time judging. We judge the worthiness of others. And the parable is clearly saying it's God's place to judge, not yours. I mean, in the world, we are always judging. Think about how many Christians, and I don't think it tends to be us here in the village, but how many Christians are judging whether someone is worthy of God? How many Christians are judging whether someone is uh, saved or is, uh, belongs to Christ or is a Christian? As if it is ours to judge that. It isn't. It only is God's to judge ultimately whether or not someone is worthy of God. It's not ours to judge that. But there's another side to this kind of judgment. And it's that you and I as human beings, we have a tendency to give up on people. We will be of the mind that someone will never come to Christ and therefore I'm going to be so worried forever about their salvation that they will never go to heaven. We human beings look at someone and say, you know, they will never get out of their addiction. They will never pull their life together. They will never be a nice person. They will never. There is no hope for that person. But God, God keeps coming back again and again and again. God never gives up on any person. Look at the parable. The landowner comes back at 9. The landowner comes back at noon. The landowner comes back at 3 and at 5, almost at the end of the day. God never gives up trying to reach any person. And in some ways, to live in the kingdom of heaven is to know that we should never give up on anyone but continue to hold them before God, knowing that ultimately we will all stand before the living God on Judgment Day, naked 
and at the mercy of God. All of us, no matter how we lived or what we lived or who we were in the kingdom of the world. So Jesus, when he puts this parable before us, he's trying to tell us something about how to live, how to rehearse for our life in heaven how to understand that God's ways aren't our ways, that what is fair in this world is not necessarily the standard that God uses because God has created a world where there's enough for everyone. That God has created a world in which we should be concerned for one another. That God has created a world where we should be setting our judgment aside and learning to love and learning to be grateful and learning to fight for the right things day in and day out. I was thinking about that wonderful movie, The Green Mile. It's an oldie but a goodie. Where that gentle giant John Coffey is wrongly accused of having murdered these two little girls and ends up on death row. He could be saying, this is not fair. He could be saying, this is unjust, I'm innocent, I'm angry. But instead, because he is one who is living in the kingdom of heaven, he continues to heal others. He continues to be kind toward others. He continues to do the best he can. And in fact, what really makes him upset is the way people are horrible to one another. Not what's being done to him, but what is being done to others. The kingdom of heaven is a place where God reigns. It's a place where we care deeply for other human beings. It's a place where we're not trying to compare ourselves to anyone else or to judge anyone else, but to do what we can to make the world a better place for everyone, where everyone has food and clothing and shelter to live in a world that is merciful and kind and has compassion because we don't always know the other side of the story. And when we learn to live in the kingdom of heaven, we find ourselves filled with gratitude for all that God has given us and all that we can give to others. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.